Welcome to episode six of the Foul Vine podcast with Sarah and Scotty Moe, where everything wine and baseball is in fair territory. Today, we will be drinking the Siniscalco Primitivo, recapping the World Series, and discussing some news around the league. Grab a glass and join us. Look, big paper, I increase my wealth, uh. Red wine that's good for my health. Uh, wrestle with demons, I ain't take no L's. Uh, allow me to introduce myself. I said, Nailed it. All right, oh, sir. <laughs> I don't even know why I need <laughs> Okay. Yes, yeah, Scotty, what wine did you pick today? Today, I picked the Siniscalco Primitivo. Um, this is another wine that I tried for the first time while I was in Italy last fall. Nice. This is another a, a southern Italian wine from the region of Puglia. It is on the hill of the boot okay. on the eastern coast of the Adriatic Sea of Italy. So let's uh, take a quick ASMR break. Let's. Cheers. Thank you. Okay. Some deep purple color, like most red wine, <laughs> I guess. Yeah. Um, yeah, really can't see through it. A nice berry color. Mm, smells good. Light. Maybe a I'm little. Really, I'm getting a lot of red berries. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Maybe a little graphite. Graphite. Yeah. That's interesting. Or like some jam. Mm. All right. What does it taste like? That is good. Mm. That is very so I remember good. it. It's it's a um it's definitely it's considered a drier, bolder wine, but it's it's smooth as well it's not um, too acidic yeah no I, I agree it's uh it's definitely smoother um i think the berry taste is emphasized in this yeah um very good i like it do you like it i love it it's so good also fun fact this wine takes its name from Ricardo Siniscalco, a Norman feudal lord of the castle in the town of Gioia del Cole in southern Italy. Okay. From thousands of years ago. Very so, cool. Just a little fun fact with our Yeah, what primitivo. else? What else you got on it? It's beautiful. The bottle in itself, nice black, sleek. What year is it? This is a 2018. Okay. Great year for wine, great year for draft picks. Yeah. Am I right or am I right? Absolutely. All right. Cheers. We'll get back to you later with our rating. Salud. Houston Astros select redraft ID 2222. Pena Jeremy, shortstop from University of Maine, Orono, son of former major league infielder. Pena. Speaking of 2018 drafts, that was me. Don't know if you recognize the voice. I, I thought I recognized that <laughs> voice somewhere. A little meeker than I am now, I'd say. Um, definitely got some text to you know speak up. I sound a little tired after that. So as the draft went on, it it was definitely it went better. But yeah, shout out to the Houston Astros. Shout out to Michael Elias for letting me call in the draft picks of the 2018 and 19 draft just a pretty cool little thing that i got to do technically you started jeremy pena's career technically yes the 2022 world series mvp and alcs mvp you started his career yeah it he, started with the voice of sarah steinberg it did exactly he owes everything he has to me um not a big deal just you know add jeremy pena <laughs> <laughs> not a big deal um but yeah very cool it was very cool just to get to read out people's draft ids and where they're from and if they're a legacy pick and very cool experience just sitting with you know agm special assistants all the scouts of the astros did that for a couple of years so just wanted to shout out um highlight that little audio clip found it on youtube that i'd share with the listeners 
Very cool. I remember texting you while you were in the draft room and asking you to give me a shout out. You did not. It's okay. I forgive <laughs> you. But pretty cool that we come full circle here and you were the one list calling out Jeremy Pena's name. Yeah. Yeah. It is kind of wild, right? Yeah. Like, holy shit. That, yeah. It's crazy. I did call um, that he'd be the World Series MVP. My friend Zoe, um, who works for the Pirates, shout out Zoe, asked, okay, question of the week. Who's the World Series MVP? Who's winning the World Series and how many games? I said Astros and six and Pena. So. This was Sarah's year. Not a big deal. <laughs> I guess we can get into our World Series recap now. Yeah, huh? let's Let get means, into let's it. Let's talk about Jeremy Pena. Yeah, like, let's so get into it. Crazy. Like the Astros have lost Carlos Correa, George Springer, Garrett Cole, and you could argue that they're almost better. Yeah. I mean, I might. And, their and Charlie window, Morton. And Charlie Morton. Yeah. I mean, they've lost quite a bit. I mean, you could, Marmon Gonzalez was a role player on that team. Um, Tony Kemp. Tony Kemp. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> this is, their window's wide open for a while. And uh, it's pretty impressive. It, it's a testament to Astros player development that you can go from an elite player like Correa, Gold Glover. And go straight to a, a rookie who hasn't. They started him first day of the year. Yeah, you know, um, I think that's something you know, other teams are going to look at. If a guy's ready, he's ready. Um, you got to trust your player development staff. Got to trust in your guys. Um, and maybe you know the Yankees will get a hint with their top prospect Anthony Volpe coming up. They've got a couple of middle infielders that are close to ready, but it's pretty impressive that you can transition to a rookie shortstop who is taking a big role on this team already. Yeah, a big role indeed. I mean, two postseason MVPs is, some might say, the biggest role. Two roles that one could play on any baseball team throughout their career and couldn't have happened to a better guy. Definitely testament to Astros PD, but also the players and the entire staff who've gone through regime changes. Like Michael Elias has left, Jeff Lino, obviously, and you're still seeing guys, players and coaches, um, women as well, coming up through that system, making a difference. You're, Jeff Lino's mark is still definitely felt there. In the Astros, he was there during most of these guys' draft pick. And now just to see James Click embrace that role that he was given and, I mean, really done well, just whole front office of the Astros, unbelievable. Yeah, I mean, great job by James Click, who comes over from the Rays after Lunell and and his regime um, left the organization. Um, Were kicked out. Yeah, yeah, and they really didn't miss a beat. Uh, they they kept getting stronger, um, and their core of Jordan Alvarez, Kyle Tucker, Jeremy Pena. That's I'd line that up against any core in the league right now, and they're young. Yeah, so. I did think it was very cool that Tucker got to make the last out of the World Series. I was like, yeah. good for him. He's and been he, working hard for that. Yeah, and he kicked off. Um, I think there's always been high expectations with him. Yeah, exactly. And he's one of those guys that's, you know, he's he's developing every year. He's getting better every year, and it's fun to watch. He kicked off game one with two home runs. Like he, It was the Kyle Tucker Series. game. Yeah, and he ended the World Series, I guess you could say. So. Yeah, exactly. Um, it was very al poetic. Also, shout out to Dusty Baker. He's no longer the winningest manager without a World Series title. Yeah. Now they can stop talking about it. <laughs> yeah. He won one as a player, I believe, in the early 81 80s. 81 with the Dodgers. Dodgers correct. Yeah. Um, but now that title is held by Buck Showalter, who hasn't even been to a World Series, winningest manager without a World Series. Okay. Is it going to happen? Uh, so, I don't know. He's, in a, I would say, as good as anybody in a position, sure. good as any position um, to win one. But yeah, D Dusty Baker also becomes the third African-American manager to win a World Series. Oh yeah, it's not enough. Behind Cito Gaston and Dave Roberts. So wow. yeah. And Dave Roberts just happened in 2019. Yeah, that was recent. And Cito Gaston, um, I believe was Blue Jays in the mid-90s. Mid so um, shout out Dusty Baker. He's someone you root for in the league. For sure. Good manager. He was making... Um, some very important decisions throughout the whole playoffs. Uh, he he put them and kept them in a position to win. And uh, he's just someone you root for. 
every every stop you know giants reds nationals now astros he was he was the perfect manager to take over in the situation a couple years ago so for sure no doubt what a fun world series though right it was so fun i mean the phillies came with their grit they had high highs and had low lows and it was super fun to watch, to go on that roller coaster of emotions with them, but also to ride along the Astros, just me being a former employee of theirs and a fan and a friend of a lot of people there. That was just really uplifting to see. I mean, all those people have worked so hard their entire careers to get to this point. And then seeing a rookie just kind of carry the team was unbelievable. So exciting to watch. Yeah, definitely. I think the Phillies they made their mark this year too. Like they're going to be a fun team. I expect them. Dave Dombrowski is going to make some big moves and um, they're a fun team to watch. They battled. I mean, no, no team had given the Astros a game yet until they reached the world series uh, and the Phillies with the, you know, being the last team in the NL and having the least amount of wins of all the playoff teams comes in and gives them a fight as, you know, a team from Philly would, would. So, um, so uh, good news and bad news. Good news. We're not going to face a recession. <laughs> it was reported that every time a Philly team wins the championship, the U.S. goes into a recession. So good news, America. We're, we're good. Bad I think. news, the Eagles. Bad news. <laughs> We're over 140 days away from opening day. <laughs> <laughs> so you win some and you lose some. Mm, there's always spring training, winter we meetings, got, hot stove. We've got Arizona Fall League happening right now um, that we discussed on last po- podcast. Um, we have the Dominican Winter League. Yeah. Is, that is very exciting to watch. I highly recommend everyone go watch that. Um, we're going to have the World Baseball Classic in the spring. So we're going to have baseball, but it's just not the same. I honestly love the World Classic, though. Mm -hmm. Um, I love players representing their country or their heritage. uh, And it's just more exciting. I don't know. It feels a little bit more emotional than the regular season of a major league. Yeah, it's really fun to watch. It's similar to the Dominican Winter League where you see fans just going crazy uh, they're loud. It's the same thing in the World Baseball Classic. You get, you know, you're rooting for your country. These guys that come over to the states to play, they're proud to go represent their country, and it's 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 fun to watch. Um, you know, I think they they they've been releasing some of the guys that have committed to the rosters. I think they're about set. Something we can touch on in future episodes. For but, sure, I'd love to. Um, I'm I'm excited for that for sure. Yeah, same. It's also not just there are winter leagues all over, not just in the Dominican. So there's also Mexican winter leagues and Australian winter leagues as well. So so, Puerto Rican league as well. I don't know, but probably. Yeah, because I believe there's a at the end of the winter leagues there's a Caribbean World Series yeah. where all the winners play each other. We should go. Yeah, it'd be fun. That'd be Live cool. podcast in the yeah. Caribbean World Series. A couple of cervezas. We'd have to switch out our vino <laughs> for cervezas. El Presidente. Exacto, exactamente. Um, yeah, sad the World Series is over, but that only means now we can start working on 23 and a lot of teams didn't waste any time. Let's back up a second. Okay. I have a question to ask you. Did, what are your thoughts on the Phillies pulling Zach Wheeler in? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 70 pitches. Are too they, soon. Uh, too soon. Is this Blake Snell 2.0? Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. It just wasn't the right time. The broadcasters were saying, you know, you just know as a manager, you can feel the game, can feel the rhythm. I mean, you can also feel it as a fan and the rhythm, the feeling wasn't saying take Wheeler out. It just wasn't. Yeah. So the argument I would have against this, well, the argument for it was, hey, he's going a third time through the order. The Alvarado versus Alvarez makes sense matchup wise. Did it make sense, Scotty? Statistically, you could make the argument. I'm not agreeing with it. Um, But here's my argument. If you get beat with your best versus their best, you can live with that. Mm -hmm. Okay, so if I want to get beat, I want to get beat with my ace, my horse on the mound. Yeah. Um, He looked great that night. He was only at 70 pitches. Um, 
you know, I'm not against following the numbers, but we have to remember this game is played by human beings. I'm making the old man argument. You now. are. <laughs> You're such an old this. man. I hate, what I, I hate what I just said. Um, you just got to trust your ace. Uh, we've, we literally saw this a couple of years ago at Blake Snell. Um, he was the best pitcher on the planet that year, and especially in that game. I, I trust my best pitcher to go after their best hitter, especially in an elimination game in a World Series. If we're talking about a game in the middle of August, do what you got to do. But um, I think if Topper had to do that all over again, I, I bet you he would keep Wheeler in the game. Yeah, for sure. Because it couldn't be a worse outcome than what was. The argument for it, as I was saying, <laughs> um, you know, the matchup statistically makes sense. I, I saw that Alvarado only gave up three homers to lefty in his career to that point on his sinker. That's his, like his dominant pitch. Okay. He throws like 100 mile an hour bowling balls. People just beat in the ground. Yeah. Not Alvarez, so. <laughs> um, yeah, only three homers given up to lefty on that pitch in his career to that point. So you can make the argument statistically. You can make a lot of arguments statistically. Exactly. But, but the ball don't lie, Scotty. The ball don't lie. It, October, November, in this, in this example, it's different. In this economy. In this economy, it's, it's different. We're... We're not pitching in the dog days of summer. This is the World Series elimination game. Trust your ace. I I, I hope they get back again. I do too. They're a really fun team to watch. I mean, I would pay anything to see Brandon Marsh in the yeah in the, the World Series again. See him Brandon wet Marsh. and wild in the World Series. Alec Boehm. I want to see Bryce Harper in the World Series again. Um, I want to see Mike Trout in the World Series. Hey, Mike Trout is from Philadelphia area, so. Oh shit! Yeah, all right. Might might see that in a few years when the Angels tear down. Maybe not. <laughs> um, but no, I I want to see playoff baseball in Philly again. I want to see Citizen Citizens Bank Park packed. I want to see the ground shaking there. People climbing up poles on Broad Street. Um, they'll be back, especially after they make some additions. Um, the big difference between the Astros and Phillies was pitching. Um, you know, the Phillies had two horses in the front of the rotation with Nolan and Wheeler, um, but their bullpen lacked depth. The Astros bullpen was incredible. I think you could make an argument for Ryan Presley for MVP of the World Series. Yeah. There's definitely an argument for it. Yeah. Did he pitch in? He didn't pitch you, in every game, did he? Um, no, not every game. Definitely not every game. But like when he when he was called on the whole playoffs and obviously the World Series to get five outs, six outs, three outs, he was he was locked down. So Framber though too, you can make a similar argument, and that's where I go uh, to Pena because Pena was in every day mm -hmm. and just provided consistency to an offense that really hasn't been as electric as they have been in years past. So Pena just to bring in that consistency as a rookie. I don't know. I think it was just a no doubt MVP for me, but I could see the argument for Presley or even Framber Bell does for sure. Yeah. So I think back to it's hard when a guy doesn't play every day to give him that award, yeah. but there are guys that are just so dominant that they deserve to be recognized. Not saying that Pena doesn't, um, but yeah, just like Andrew Miller in 2016, when he was with Cleveland, there was no one more dominant. Um, he was almost a sure out every time he stepped on the mound. Um, and that's, that's okay. what you felt like with Ryan Presley um, when, he, when he towed the rubber for Houston. So, Did Mariano ever win World Series MVP? It's a good question. I don't know off the top of my head. Mm. That's what it makes me think of, yeah. right? Because for how dominant the Yankees dynasty was, he was the backbone. And if you're making an argument for Ryan Presley, you would have to, I think there'd have to be some sort of precedent involved where it's like, okay, Mariano won one or two. Like that right. would set the precedent for other closers to win MVP. Right, right. Unfortunately, that's the way it is for relief pitchers. If you want to win some sort of accolade in the postseason.
Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, but yeah, I, I would I would expect Philly to deepen their bullpen next year. Um, yeah, I'd expect the Astros to keep on keeping on. Yeah. Their bullpen is straight fuego. Yeah, and they also had guys that they could go to in games three, four, and five on you know, to start the game. Javier. Um they didn't go to Luis Garcia, but they could have. You know, they could have. I, I think I would trust him more than I would Noah Syndergaard. Um, or someone in the back of Philly's rotation. Um they also they also have Lance McCullers. I know he he got hit hard in Philly, but he's he's still a really good pitcher. I I, I believe in him. Uh, he came off of um injury this year, came came back end of the season. And, he's always injured, man. Yeah. 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 I, I, I he's gonna have a big year next year as well, I, I think, if he stays healthy. I was gonna say that's what yeah, they always that's the, say. That's the key. Um but yeah, no, it it was a fun World Series. Um, I'm already looking forward to the off season, um, off or season. just seeing the news pop up. Hot stove season. Hot stove season. I kind of wish that the MLB off season was more like NBA, where like free agency starts on one day and like everyone signs in a matter of those two days. So it's like constant news cycle. Like I feel like the baseball off season struggles for to capture the like an average fan's attention because guys could sign anywhere from november to february it's just a very drawn out process yeah so what would you rather it be like a january signing period or yeah i don't know i don't know if if what the perfect solution is here i just that's that's something that that you know differentiates baseball from the other other leagues where nfl too like it's the signing periods it's usually just a shorter signing period or guys are looking to get signed in a certain amount of time before they hit camp, spring camp, totally. uh, preseason, et cetera. So um, with baseball, they have the luxury of, you know, having November, December off. Um, obviously, they're doing their individual training on their own and stuff. But, um, you know, you don't have to report back until February. So you have a few months. And even then, you see some guys sign in spring training. It's all, it's all about setting the market. You know, some guys are waiting for other guys to sign. Yeah, um, as leverage, it, agents just playing chicken, basically. Absolutely, and teams, front offices, just waiting to hear back. And um, yeah, I wonder, just from a former front office employee, what that would look like from that standpoint. If it's nice to like have those continual being able to have a lo longer time to negotiate contracts or to deal with players, deal with teams, or if it would be easier for them to deal within. A short amount, shorter amount of time. What that would look like from a front office, you know, GM baseball ops perspective. Yeah, no, that's something I'm in, I'm interested in too. Maybe one of our future guests, we can, we can go into that topic. For on. sure. Uh, All right. So speaking of, um, you know, off season market, let's get into the vibes around the vineyard. Yeah. So um, second week. Um, week doing vineyard vibes it's our, our new segment um and this in this segment we're going to be introducing news around the league um over the past week or so from our last recording so um start off edwin diaz yeah coming hot out of the gate the mets are wasting no time it's funny i was debating this with a friend this week um who was in town who's a big mets fan who should the mets sign first diaz or Degrom? My gut reaction, my gut answer is Edwin Diaz. Like it's not he's a he's one of the best closers in the league, kind of like Ryan Presley. Um, you know, you see a lot of teams cycle closures in and in and out. Um it's it's nice to have that sure ninth inning guy, high leverage situation guy. So they got him for five years, 102 million. That's I think that's it's a very good deal for the Mets. I think it's a great deal for Edwin Diaz. And um, I like the tone that they're setting to the offseason. Usually you don't see signings right after the World Series. It, it, there's usually like around Thanksgiving time it'll start picking up. Mm -hmm. So I was, I was um, surprised to see that so early. What do you think? Do you, what do you think about the deal for the Mets? I'm not surprised by it. I think they got a steal, honestly, a little bit. Um, and I probably would have signed a ground first. <laughs> so yeah. just because just my um my background with 
him, like just seeing him come up as a rookie. And um, yeah, I would. But I understand why they signed a closer first. Like you said, it's good to have that that staple person in your stable, um, your closer, your your guy. So it makes sense. So I think I, I don't think re-signing to Garam is off the table, especially for Steve Cohen. Um, but I also have a feeling that it, he might be one of those guys that takes a while to sign. I don't know off the top of my head if DeGrom's ever gone into free agency. Um, he might be someone that, kind of like Aaron Judge, that wants to experience the free agency, you know, the whole experience, yeah. you know? Um, and I, I think they could maybe use this to their advantage and, like, bring back Diaz. Show DeGrom that you're, like, you know, you're getting ready for the next year. Like, bring back... Bring back everyone, make some big splashes. Um, he's he's also what thirty four, I think. Yeah, he's getting so up there. Sure. He's not going to command a seven year deal, um, but I'm sure it's going to be high AV, which I'm sure Steve can can handle. Um, yeah, I don't know. I I just have a feeling he he wasn't going to sign first anyway. Yeah, I, I think you're right with that. He needs to be shown pieces that are going to lure him into the right team. He's at that age, at that time in his career. He's going to want to go to a winning team. He doesn't want to mess around. He knows what he has and what he brings to the table. So I see like a two, three-year deal maybe. He's also been through a lot of different Mets teams. So I think, you know, they might need to court him a little bit. Definitely. Not, I, I, I don't know if I want to use the word court, but like, it, it's not going to hurt. Like he's he's been through the, the ups and downs. Yeah, throw the kitchen sink at him. So, no, the, that was a. I was pretty uh, surprised to see that so early. Um, and then through the next week or so, you're going to see a lot of guys that are, you know, eligible for free agency. Uh, elect free agency is the terminology used. Mm -hmm. So um, they're going to a lot of guys like Aaron Judge already already elected for agency you, you saw jameson tyon andrew benintendi meaning Maybe. that in their contract just explain for the people yeah so like they're eligible for, for free agency so they just they're deciding to become a free agent and test the waters instead and, of instead of re-signing right away um some guys have options they have opt-ins or opt-outs um so if you have, so you can, if you have an opt in, you can opt into the contract for the next year, year, or you can have, or you can opt out, um, and become a free agent. Yes. That way. Yeah. Exactly. Perfect. Thanks. Um, just because I know there's some people out there. Yeah. No. Absolutely. Um, so you're going to see a lot of those decisions made rather quickly. Um, one big one that I wanted to highlight: Verlander has a 25 million dollar opt out here. He's 39, I think. 39, 38. Sounds right. Um, he's going to be unanimous Cy Young. He's the only pitcher in the league that had a sub-2 ERA this year. Do you think he'll opt out? I think that he might stay because of Dusty. Okay. And because he won a World Series with this club, he knows he's made a life now You know, with the Astros. I think he's in the time in his life where he wants stability. Um, I'd say the only other place he would go would be LA because of his wife. And I'm guessing that's where they live. Okay. Yeah, no, I, um, I don't really know. I, I guess it just depends on how long he wants to play. Right. Is he going to Tom Brady this? And then Upton's going to be Giselle. Like what's going to go on? I don't know if you saw Poppy ask her in the post game. Um, he asked no. her if he want, if she wanted him to retire, or play one more year, and and uh, she was very supportive of him continue playing. I th <laughs> I thought it was a funny um you know part of the post game there, but um oh, yeah, I didn't see that. Yeah. That's so. But uh, yeah, no, I I don't know. I guess it just it just depends on like what his plans are. Um, how long I could definitely I don't think I'd be surprised either way. I after you win a World Series though, I don't I feel like there's a lot of feelings there like i i'd, I'd want to stay with houston i'd want to stay with dusty um you know that that team has a chance to run it back the next five years so yeah uh, shout out oh sorry 
Yeah, no, I was going to say shout out Josh Miller, Astros pitching coach, getting yeah. it done. Yosh, you're my guy. Love to see <laughs> it. I also think that Verlander has complete confidence in him as well. So a good reason for him to stay. Yeah, if you like your coaches, that's, that's a big part too. Like he's 39. Like, Does he want to move and experience another pitching coach, another staff, another locker room? So yeah. something to think about. Um, I saw Eric Hosmer opted in. That was a note brainer for him three years with the red sox mostly paid 39 million i think three years 39 yeah and he mostly yeah. paid by the padres <laughs> so aj he, preller <laughs> he's living the sweet life yeah that deal that trade or that signing really went south quickly um hosmer fleeced the padres on that one and now he's living in boston but getting paid Bobby by the dollback yeah Bobby Malbec, as we like to call him here at the Falvine. Um, so yeah, no, no doubt that that was a smart, smart decision for Hosmer um, to opt in on that for sure. Yeah, no, absolutely. I saw that too. Um, I'm not really surprised. I don't like. I think that's a no-brainer for him. Sure. So, and then they have a top prospect coming up this year, playing first base, Tristan Cassis. So, I'm sure, he'll serve as a you know veteran role model for him and. Um, he'll probably DH a lot. So yeah, probably. Who else? What else we got going around? What are the so, vibes on the vineyards? A couple got? more items. Um, there was a report that the Mets are going to aggressively shop Trey Turner. I know we talked about Trey Turner last week in our first segment. Um, he desires an East Coast team. Um, he's from the East Coast. Uh, I I I think it's almost a foregone conclusion that he's not going to be back with the Dodgers next year. Um, Sarah, did you by chance see the hype video that his agents are sending out? Oh my god! Narrated by John Hamm. No. Oh, it's incredible. We'll we'll retweet it on the Falvine Twitter page, at the Falvine, and um, it's it's incredible. Um, I I love Trey Turner. He's like one of my favorite players. He does everything. He's so fun to watch. Even like his slides are just like they just demonstrate his game like he, it's just so effortless for him um so yeah the mets are going to aggressively pursue him that's the report um which would be interesting to see how you know if they were to get him how they would construct that that lineup yeah where I mean, do you put mcneil lindor's at second so they don't really have a true third baseman right now um mm. you know i guess you could play mcneil there kind of like um you know how the yankees would throw like dj LeMayu there and you can mix and match. They have some guys that can that can play third base if they have. I think Eddie Escobar is coming back next year. And then you could. I mean, you're not moving Lindor off short. Obviously, Lindor's a elite shortstop. Play Turner at second. Turner played a has played second and short. Um, and then I, I think there's a lot of mixing and matching. You know, I mean, Pete's your first baseman. You they have a rookie Brett Beatty who put came up and played third at the end of the year. We'll see. I guess it just depends on what other acquisitions they make, but that would be interesting. I think you're going to see a bidding war specifically in the NLEs for Trey Turner. I personally, I would love to see him in Philly. I think that is a, would be a huge piece for them. Um, just as defensive value. Um, they don't really have a true leadoff hitter guy with, you know, speed on base percentage. I mean, I guess, you know, you Kyle Schwarber. Yeah. And the Phillies. Oh, sorry. A lot of guys have high on base percentage, but that that combination of speed on base percentage, power, hit for average, like he does it all. I I think that's something that would be a great addition to their lineup. Yeah, no doubt. What I was gonna say is the Phillies just um, declined uh, Gene Segura's. Saw that offer, too. So that plays perfectly into that hand. So I guess too. I guess just to add some color there that. The player can have an option or a team built in the contract. A team can have an option. So a team could opt in and out of a contract too. Um, so there, the option was in the hands of the Phillies. They decided to, he declined his option. He became a free agent. Um, so those you'll see those decisions made too over the next couple of weeks. Um, next, Pablo Lopez report that he, the Marlins will make him available for bats. So I feel like this is where the Marlins have been over the last few years. When they had Stanton, Yelich, Ozuna, they had they had a lineup, Real Muto, yeah. but they had no pitching. Now they have extreme pitching depth, and they're lacking at the plate. Um, so they're looking to trade from that pitching depth. One of their older guys, they have a lot of young guys. 
Um, it was a rumor at the deadline that the Yankees were really close to deal, I think, Glaber Torres for Pablo Lopez. I don't know how that deal would have looked in final, but it looks like something that could be something that happens here in the offseason. Um, the Yankees win-win for both sides. The Yankees add to their depth and their rotation, which is, can never stay healthy. And the Marlins add a good bat, a solid bat. I like Glaber. Yeah. So I, I, you know, I think his was his rookie year when he hit 39 home runs was a little bit of an outlier, juiced balls, but um, I, I think that would be a win-win for both sides. Yeah, for sure. And also down at the Marlins yard, um, there's a new AGM in town, Ozzo Campo, former Astro, former Pirate, former MLBer. Shout out Oz. Yeah, shout out Oz. Come on, come on to the pod. <laughs> no, so yeah, no. There's uh, those are the vineyard vibes for this week. Um, we'll be back every week to discuss more news. Yeah, more vibes. More vibes. Yeah, the vibes seem good the, on the yard. On the yard, yeah, the vineyard vibes for sure. So now what we are going to discuss the winter meetings. Yep, and. Just some changes that are going to be happening with the um, first-year player draft after the new CBA negotiations that happened last, well, this past spring. Um, so, you know, there's going to be um, the draft is not going to be the same as it has been in years past. In years past, um, the draft order was set based on reverse order of the standings, right? Um, as part of the new collective bargaining agreement. Um, MLB and MLBPA agreed to revamp the order in order to in, in an effort to curb tanking. Mm. So this year we're going to have a draft lottery. Picks one through six are going to be a lottery. Um, so the team that had the worst record this year, which um, forgive me, Tigers, I believe, Nationals, fifty-five wins, Nationals, Nationals, Athletics, Pirates, Reds, Royals, Tigers. Um, they all have a percentage of odds. It, although every team has the top eighteen non-postseason teams have a percent chance to get the number one pick. You know, um, based on your record, depends on how uh, high your odds are. So, like the Nationals, Athletics, and Pirates have sixteen point five percent odds to get that first pick. Um, there's going to be a draft lottery, lottery sort of like the NBA lottery at the winter meetings. Correct, Sarah. Correct. Yep. And that December will December sixth in San Diego. The winter meetings are in San Diego this year. Yep. So um yeah. Uh, so pick one through six will be a lottery. Then pick seventeen through eighteen will be your non postseason, non lottery seven teams. Seven through eighteen. Se- what seven, seven through eighteen. Yeah. yeah, sorry. Seven through eighteen will be your non postseason, non lottery teams in reverse verse order of the previous year standings. And then the as Years past, picks 19 through 30 will be, you know, your wild card losers, your division series losers, your championship series losers, like in order of how the season finished. Okay, so the let's say the Nationals, who are the worst team, correct? Mm -hmm. They still have a chance to be pick 18. Is that correct? Yeah, it's very low. Like the odds are very low, but technically they could be. Okay. Which... Would be crazy. I'm just I'm interested interested to see how this plays out. I'm interested to see if in you know if this you know plays out well in in future CBAs if they expand the lottery kind of like in the NBA where they have I believe it's the 14 teams lottery. Um, I think it has more effect in the NBA because guys are playing right away. So I wonder how how that's going to play out here yeah. because all these guys are four years out, you know, maybe less, but depending on if they're coming out of college or high school, um, I wonder if it's going to affect draft strategy too. Um, we'll, we'll see. I, I, um, I, I'm all for it. Um, I don't want to see tanking. I don't think anyone does. Um, and, um, you know, I, I think it would be, you know, if the Pirates here locally finish with the fifth worst record in baseball, they make a progress next year. 
fifth or let's say their 10th worst record in baseball. If they have a chance to get the number one overall pick. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, and they're making strides to better their team, you know? Um, and I think that's, that's what we want with baseball going forward. It's, uh, it, I don't think it's, it's fun for fan base, especially these smaller markets to see a team completely tear down. Um, it's, it's just not a, 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 a fun product to watch. Right. Yeah, exactly. So we'll we'll see what happens with the Angels and Mike Trout if they break down and let him go, or if the draft comes in their favor and there's not as much of a need to. And then, uh, absolutely. And then Sarah, also, like you've been to more winter meetings than me. Do you want to like quickly talk about the vibes at the winter meetings? Yeah, the the vineyard vibes <laughs> at the winter meetings. Um, so winter meetings are quite the quite the event. They're open to the public. It's every. Um, quote unquote off season. There's really no off season in baseball, but um, it's in the non championship season. So it's usually the first week in December. Um, they rotate between different places. So sometimes it'll be DC, sometimes it'll be Orlando, Vegas, San Diego, Nashville. Um, and you'll go and every, every uh, major league team will bring a group from their front office and have a little war room, a suite in a hotel, and set up their. AGMs, the GM, um, and some baseball ops people will be in there. And you go to meetings throughout the day. So if you're in the education department for a major league team, you go to education meetings. You'll, if you're part of, um, you know, player development, you'll go to the player development meetings. There also is a minor league component to the winter meetings. So every minor league team is there too. There's a fair so they can shop around for whatever their minor league teams or stadiums may need so like stadium owners are there um there's a lot of different people there and then there's also job seekers that's the main reason um i have been to the winter meetings is to look for a job to schmooze bump elbows with the who's who of baseball um and get a job so do a lot of interviewing there usually reach out to people beforehand and say hey i'm going to be in san diego let's say this year um i would love to you know meet up one night or like have 15 minutes of your time Usually you're just trying to catch people 30 minutes of their time in between their meetings because the clubs in MLB have their own meetings going on. That's why they're called the winter meetings. But if you're there trying to get a job, you just want to catch people's times. Um, and then there are minor league teams there that are hiring and they you can go through a job fair. But if you want to work for a major league team, I just say reach out beforehand um, and then go to the winter meetings. And it's like four days of basic hell if you're looking for a job. It sucks. But it's worked for me. Um, it's how I got into the game and met a lot of good friends there as well and still keep in touch. Yeah. So like you said, it can be hell for four days if you're trying to get a job. But also, it can be a lot of fun. I see a foul vine trip to a winter meetings in our future. But um, it can be a lot of fun. Like I went in 2015, 16. It was in Nashville at the Grand Ole Opry. 16. 16, yeah. Huh? Um, before I, I interviewed, my only interview there was with the Blue Jays. And I had set that up before and I've been, I had tried to set up interviews before I went with major league clubs, um, for, you know, video scouting internships, you know, the, the, the fun stuff. Um, and you know, in my free time, I literally walked around and tried to network. There was all kinds of different networking events too, that you could sign up for, which I did. And you would just bump into manager. Like I ran into Joe Matt and, Tito Francona, Terry Collins, Joe Girardi. Like you, you see all kinds of people. It's it's so much fun. It's I highly recommend it for, you know, anyone that's seeking a job um in professional baseball or just to go for fun, I guess. Like I think it, yeah. it'd just be a fun experience altogether if you're even if you're not looking for a job. Yeah, and MLB Central usually has a nice desk set up there. They're doing live shows from the winter meetings. Pretty cool. And it's fun if you know a lot of people in the industry and just go to have fun. It's funny to think that <clears throat> excuse me, that we were at um, the Nashville winter meetings at this like we could have passed each other how many times in that hotel and have no idea because we didn't know each other then. Yeah. Isn't no, that seriously, wild? like we, we, there's a good chance we did. For sure. There's yeah. a good chance we met probably. I yeah. don't know. Maybe though. <laughs> I, I don't remember, but maybe we did. I was going to say, you would have remembered me more than I would have remembered <laughs> you. No offense, but there's just a lot of dudes. Yeah, so. it is very much so, but it is a fun time. Um, you know, there's, there's so much going on. There's just, it's just baseball central. Like it's, 
it, it's it's a great experience. So if you get a chance, go. Um, maybe we'll see you there next if, year. Yeah, maybe we'll. If not, it's still fun to watch on TV. I used to love growing up. I used to love watching it um, on TV. Nerd. Just, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I still do actually. <laughs> um, but it's fun to watch, like, because there's trades going on. Like, there's there's action. Like, um, you know, GMs are meeting to discuss trades and. Um, you know, free agents are meeting with front offices there. I, I use I saw a few players walk around because they were meeting front offices and hotel rooms and etc. So, um, it's there's just so much going on. It's it's captivating. Well, now this year will be the first time in person in two years. So yeah, I think this will probably be a lot. This of will fun. be packed. This is San Diego, right? Yeah, we already announced that. <laughs> but yeah, no, San. It's bit it was in San Diego a few years ago. It's a popular location, but. Yeah, definitely go. We'll see you there soon. And then at the end of it this year is the first draft lottery. So yeah. exciting. Even more. There's usually the Rule 5 draft that happens at the end of the winter meetings. As Now it'll also be the draft lottery for the Rule 4 draft. And then I have this proposal that me and my fellow intern friends came up with at a bar one night at the winter meetings. And that is to have an intern draft at the end of the winter meeting. So you have your rule. Now we're talking. Yeah. So you have your rule five draft. You have your rule four draft lottery. And then you have your intern draft. You've done all your meetings with everyone and you go there and you can, you can only have a certain amount of time. You can't be like a five-year intern, be drafted number one. You can only have, you know, two, you can have zero to, you know, four years of internship time. Like after five, you know, maybe you should graduate. I have a suggestion to add on to that. Okay. Intern draft. Have an intern pro day. Okay. Okay. Intern pro day. Let's see these video scout interns. How well do you bag a camera? How ice bags? How fast can you set ratings, up Rapsodo? How fast can you set up Rapsodo? How good is your third base camera angle? Can you read open side, close side angle? Yeah. Can you read a trackman radar for me? How quickly can you use bats? Can you go? Can you can you handle it between pitches? Can you troubleshoot bats? What if bats crashes? What are you gonna do? Do we still use bats? People definitely still use oh, bats. Oh man, yeah. we haven't moved on from bats no, yet. No, bats is definitely still a thing. <laughs> yep. Okay. Well, I think that'd be fun a pro day. Yeah. Let's let's get in on that. We'll sponsored yeah. by the Falvine, obviously. Yeah, absolutely. We'll look into that. Okay. Well, I have it in writing. I still have the piece of paper. Shout out interns. You know who you are, my good friends. Um, where we came up at the bar with the intern draft. I have all the rules written down, ready to go on a piece of paper. So when it's time to implement MLB, just reach out to me. Should we go on to our wine rating? Let's do it. 2080. Ladies first. Sarah. So Scotty. <laughs> <laughs> Not funny. <laughs> What do you rate this one? What is the future value of this one? I would say it is a high floor, high ceiling wine. Okay. Like this. It's very good. It is very, very good. I would give it a 70. Wow. It's really freaking good. So this is Trey Turner. This is Trey Turner on the Phillies after getting a fat contract. Wow. Broad Street is erupting. Exactly. The whole the whole shebang. Okay. It's a really good wine. I recommend it to anyone, especially anyone who likes There's reds. 2023. Phillies win the World Series on a Trey Turner walk-off. Country goes into a recession. But we have prim but we have Primitivo, so we're all good. Right? But, yeah, sorry. My computer almost so, died. Saved by the bell. There. Whew. It's 2023. Okay. Let me get in that mindset. Yep. It's 2023. Mm -hmm. Trey Turner hits a walk-off. Phillies won the World Series. Broad Street is erupting. Country goes into a recession. I'm still buying this bottle. But we have <laughs> we have Primitivo. I think we're set. Exactly. Okay. Perfect. What about you? What do you got? On um, it? Okay. I am giving it. I'm now against half grades. Kenza rubbed off on me. I know. No half grades, guys. I like the half grades, but okay. no half grades. Um. We're working in three standard deviations. No half grades. I'm giving it a 60. I'm giving it a 60. It's a um, it's above average, above average everyday player, perennial all-star, 
Um, I I love Primitivo. It's who, a very, who comps it? What is who is the comp? Um, hmm. Let's see. <laughs> <laughs> um, Kyle Tucker. Kyle Tucker's a good one. Jordan Alvarez. Jordan Alvarez, guys. Jordan Alvarez. It's really good. Get yeah. this wine, honestly. Get this wine. Cinescalco from Puglia. Primitivo. Scotty gave it a 60. I gave it a 70. Go on and get it. It's really freaking good. It's a Jordan Alvarez. It's a Trey Turner. It's a high caliber one. Next week, we will be back. Probably we'll have more vibes to discuss. Vibes of the vineyard. We are also going to introduce a segment where to kick off the offseason, we're going to have a little bit of fun here. We not too much fun though. <laughs> we are going to predict each of us. We're going to have a little competition where we predict the landing spot of the top 10 to 15 free agents. We'll decide. Um, and we'll see how many we get right. We'll All have a little right. competition. I don't know. We'll have a little wager here. We'll decide that um, before next week. But um, we do. The, oh, go ahead. I was going to say, we do need to run it back to look at what our playoff predictions were because we did have a wee little wager on yes. who got who got the most right um we'll recap that because i think it was who, whoever got the most right buys bottles for a certain amount of time uh-huh cool mm -hmm. um and then uh we might have to recap some not might we will recap um you know highlight arizona fall league performers the fall stars. The fall stars. Um, I know they just had a home run derby. Um, so we'll, we will recap that. And any other news that's going on in the offseason, hopefully the hot stove starts burning up. And we will have a lot to talk about. We will have a lot to talk about no matter what. We always, yeah. The um, wine brings it out Baseball us. is there's, it's never ending conversation. If there's anything specific you want us to talk about, Email us at thefoulvine at gmail.com or slide into our direct messages, which is what DM stands for if you don't know, um, on Twitter or Instagram, thefoulvine, at thefoulvine. Reach out. We'd love to engage with you. We want to hear your feedback. We want to know what you want us to talk about or what wine you want us to try. Reach out. We'd love to hear from you. Until next time. Cheers. 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 Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Intro music by Jordan Montgomery and Driving Well Black Records. Uh, look, big paper, I increase my wealth. Uh, red wine, that's good for my health. Uh, wrestle with demons, I ain't take no L's. Uh, allow me to introduce myself. I said, Big paper, I increase my wealth, huh? Red wine, that's good for my health, uh? Wrestle with demons, I ain't take no L's, huh? Allow me to introduce myself.